I'm going to uh, back up just a minute to get us launched uh, to where we're talking about. I need us kind of in the same frame of mind we were at the end of last week so I can go into tonight's lesson so it makes a little more sense. And so I, I, I for you that were here, I apologize. I'm going to recap just hopefully just a couple minutes here. But um, when we look at our lives and we are looking at this, I guess let me back up one more step. When we, uh, we considered the, this, that we consider the story of Jesus when he went through Samaria and the woman at the well. And he was talking to that woman and he said she was shocked that he would talk to her, a man, first of all, and then a Jewish man, and she was a Samaritan woman. And he said, give me to drink. And she said, you know, I can't believe he's talking to me. And so they had this little conversation. And he said, if you knew who you were talking to, you'd ask me to give you drink. I'll give you springs of living water. And so she was like, well, I'll take that. And so they talked a little bit. And then he said, go get your husband. And this was not, as some would want to say, as of Jesus coming down on her, like, well, yeah, I'm going to just bear her sins right out here and just embarrass her in front of, uh, well, just them two there, but just, you know, just really humiliate her. But he was more, I believe, when he said, go get your husband, she said, I don't have a husband. And he said, well, that's true. You've had five. You've divorced them all, or they've, something has happened. They've passed, and, but you're on your sixth guy, and you're not even married to him. You're just living with him. And so he was trying to push her a little bit of she has a longing, and that's what we're looking at here, this idea of uh, having certain longings in our heart, in our life, and trying to fulfill them with things that can't do it. This woman had, I would submit to you, she had some sort of a deep longing, and she was trying to fulfill that with marriage and men, and it didn't work. She was looking around, she was searching, she did all that she could. So I kind of concluded last week with asking this great congregation uh, this question of, uh, that, that saying, what endeavors that I'm doing, what pursuits in my life am I trying to do? What, what, what needs to be exposed here? What am I trying to fulfill in myself by some of the pursuits that I'm looking at? Um, and we, we have all pursuits, and again, we, we as we delve down into this, did it make more sense? But nothing wrong necessarily with pursuits. Uh, it's things that we spend time on, things we spend maybe money on or our energy on. Nothing wrong with having some of those. Uh, but some of them are bad to have. Some of them could be dangerous. Uh, some things are good. Some things are not so good. But when they're all thrown in a pile, this, this pursuits, what are we pursuing? Why are we pursuing certain things that are in our, in our lives? Because again, I submit to you, I, I use the illustration that sometimes we say, well, man, I'm really longing, and I'm using that loosely, but I'm really craving some tacos. Let's go to Pizza Hut. You're not going to get them there. You can get pizza there if you're craving pizza, but don't go to pizza. But sometimes we do this. We're really longing for something, and we're going to the wrong restaurant it's not even on their menu to be able to fulfill that in us. So we turn to a particular pursuit to satisfy something we perceive as offered on their menu, and it's not even offered. So, for instance, maybe, maybe the, the, I'm hungry or I'm, I'm, I'm really needing and longing for security, so I'm going to go to the restaurant of marriage 
Okay, that may not be where you're going to find the security, and I'm going to submit to you it's not, where you're truly going to find that longing, that security. I'm thirsty for significance. So I'm going to go to the corner pub called Career, and I'm going to try to do that. At the, it's not going to work. I crave control. So I'm going to do my best to be in certain types of leadership. It's not going to fulfill it. Well, I don't want to be overlooked. I want to be the, maybe the center of attention. I'm tired of just being overlooked, and so I'll do anything I can to get attention. These restaurants, if we could say it like that, can initially be admirable and beautiful, or they can be rebellious and sinful, or even in some cases illegal. Either way, hear, hear, hear me when I say this. When I try to extract from whatever I'm looking at, whatever pursuit, more than that pursuit is capable of delivering. When I try to get a pursuit or a person or a thing to fulfill a deep longing in me that there is no way possible it could. And it leads me to great disappointment. It leads me to being greatly dissatisfied and my longings still unaddressed. And so this is what I have said so many times in counseling, and I said it last week, we, we, we've got to more than treat a symptom, you've got to treat the source. Okay, if the symptom is, your, whatever the symptom is, is your, uh, and you treat, keep just trying to treat the symptom by the lady in, in, in the Bible where she just, husband after husband after husband, she was trying to treat something, but she was using symptoms and things that are superficial that would never, ever work. So understanding that sometimes the issue is not really the issue. You've got to work and dig down into this. We all have bouts. We live life. We all have bouts with disappointment, uh, things that didn't go our way, failed pursuits in relationships or financial stress or, or even bankruptcy or name it, whatever. We all have life just not being fair. Things happen to us because we are human and we live in a fallen world. But sometimes with these disappointments comes the temptation to throw in the towel and quit. And we can't truly live. We ignore our longings and do the best to just numb them and get through life. Clock in, clock out. Go home, eat supper. Go to bed, get up, clock in, clock out. And that's our numbed life. We have deep longings for a purpose. This is where I want us to understand here. God gives us desires in our heart. They're for a reason. So don't forget that God cares for us. Even in those times of great disappointment, even when life was not fair to us, even when someone else uh, caused us uh, some problems, God still cares for us. He cares about the heartbreak. He cares about the unfulfilled longings of human beings. So again, our longings, I'm trying to, I hope I'm getting this to you before we start on tonight's lesson. 
But I hope you understand our longings are not just a wish list. I'm not talking super fit. Well, I really want to be rich. It's going to burn up anyway. Well, I really want to be popular. That's a symptom of me. Why? Dig down in this and tell me the reason why. Though sometimes our longings are, I want to make a difference. Wonderful. But maybe God gave you that longing so you make a difference in the world in which you live and make a difference in people's lives around you for the sake of the kingdom. Not for the sake of getting your name on a billboard. That's where we have to understand and balance this. Our longings, again, they are mirrors of our soul. It's what's way down on the inside of us. Longings can serve as clues that can lead us closer and closer to God and what God has for us and why God has created the purpose he has made us for. Again, I'm not talking about, oh, I long to eat a cheeseburger. That's not a longing. Well, you don't know how hungry I am. Okay. You make me craving something, but I'm talking about deep, deep longings. Jesus is inviting all of us to assess some things here and to process some things here and go very deep into our hearts and into our souls. Just like that woman at the well, she was again longing for something. And Jesus pointed some things out and said, look, you are just trying to treat this with some things that are superficial. I need you to really think about this. And so when the teacher, the rabbi, the master put it in terms of, no, you've had five husbands and you're living with your sixth man. In other words, this ain't working. You're just going to try something else. You're just going to keep going through the same motions as we stop and we look deep inside, our true longings, what are they? Do we constantly chase new pursuits? Do we have to buy the latest vehicle? Do you have to have the newest, most expensive tennis shoes? Again, I have to ask the question, why? Why do you want to go in debt and buy the latest vehicle? Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. uh, As soon as you go out in the parking lot, everybody with a nice vehicle, Brother Blaine's preaching against you. No, I'm not. I'm not saying you can't have the latest vehicle. I'm not saying you can't have nice stuff. But if there is a deeper driving issue of I must have this, because when I pull on this parking lot, I want everybody to know I, I got a little money in the bank. Really? What are you trying to prove? When I pull here, I want people to be impressed. Really? And that's kingdom-minded? And that's God-honoring? That sounds a whole lot like pride to me. Why are you longing those things? Why do you want those things? You're treating a deep longing with something again. Superficial, it won't work. I, I heard of a young couple, they, they lived here in the Florissant area back when the housing market was just going crazy. They sold their house and made a fortune off this house. It's wonderful. Thank God, man, it was exciting. And their dream 
was to always live out, live kind of by the city, but out and have some acreage. They had some kids and nice little house out there. And this guy told me, he said, we did. Just felt like doors were just swinging open. God was just making a way. Somebody came and bought their house for just an ungodly amount. They made a lot of money. Were able to go out, and this house was available. And they said, we had just moved in. He said, me and my wife, we were standing at the back door surveying our big land out there. He said, I've never felt more empty in all of my life. Within a short amount of time, they sold it and moved back closer to the church closer to family, closer to their jobs, realizing that didn't fulfill that longing that they had. It seemed like it was everything they could have ever dreamed of, but it was just empty. Have you tried chasing stuff and it only left you empty? Or you let, felt you never were able to attain, so you sunk into helplessness and hopelessness and disappointment and depression. Sometimes we put so much pressure on, on family or friends because I have to have something fulfilled in me. I've got news for you. They can't. Well, they need to be able to. They can't. Go yell at Taco Bell all you want. You ain't getting pizza. They can't. So what are our longings? Jesus is wanting to help you. I've watched people who cannot make friends because they're needing their friends to fulfill a much deeper longing than just simple friendship. I've watched people get divorced because they were not satisfied in a marriage because they weren't happy. Who told you marriage was supposed to make you happy? When you're grouchy. Is that why you got married? You ain't going to be happy all the time. And for her job is to make sure that Mr. Moody is happy all the time. She, I, she might as well just throw in the towel. She has permission. But I have watched it, and so have you. Whether it be a marriage, whether it be a friendship, whether it even be a church, I've watched people jump from church to church because that church doesn't fulfill. You're not looking for a church. You need God to fix something in you. You need God to fulfill something in you that you will not stop and listen to what he says. It's just, it's just easier to just jump ship. Oh, God. We live in a generation we're going to take the easy route. I'm going to be very careful here. And I'm going to tread very, very lightly. You know me, okay? Guess why I have glasses on? My eyes don't work right without them. You think I preach bad now. Wait till I can't see my notes. 
I have to have glasses. If your blood pressure is too high, you're going to take blood pressure medicine. If your neurotransmitters are not firing correctly and you don't have enough dopamine or serotonin, you're going to need to take some medicines to help that. Oh, this is going to get ugly. But in our society, I would much rather take a little pill to lower my blood pressure and cholesterol than go on a diet and lose weight. It's easier. I would rather take a pill than walk and exercise and get out in the sun every once in a while. Do you know it does the same thing? But a pill's easier. I'm not preaching against any of that. Lord, don't get off your meds. My point is, my point is you understand we take the easy route. And if we're not careful in our walk with Jesus, we're going to take the easy route. And that is just blame everybody else. It's everybody else's problem that I'm the way I am. Jesus has promised us life, an abundant life. But you're going to have to hear what he says to you. And you're going to have to obey what he says to you. Scuba divers, I think they're weird. Two things, it's outside and it's in water. I don't like either one, so I think scuba divers are weird. But divers, again, from knowledge, not from experience, but from hearing them and reading about them, they will say, the deeper down you go, breathtaking, literally, but no, marvelous underwater. That was a bad choice of words. But they say the sights and scenery, just unbelievable. Just stuff. We can't see. It's not here. It's under, way down deep in the water. And so as a diver, they would say, to get deeper, to go deeper down, you're going to have to have courage, and you're going to have to have the expertise. I don't have either one, so I'm not getting in water like that. But maybe the same is true in life. I bring the initial courage that I'm going to change. Something's got to be different. I've got to do something different. And so I bring the initial courage to go deeper and engage with those longings that are way down on the inside of me. But guess what? Jesus brings the expertise. And when I'm hooked up with him, he can teach and he can help me and he can liberate me to courageously engage with my longings in ways I have never before experienced. Some people are not even, again, willing to explore or, or, or think about this because they've been so disappointed. It's never worked before, and so I've given up and I'm just doing status quo. You're not really living. You're existing. And that is not what God has called his children to do. And so how often are we trying to just superficial, go through life, fill the voids with just whatever we can. And here's the thing with disappointment. We all hate it. But sooner or later, the dragon of disappointment is going to rear its ugly head and consume our energy It's going to consume our optimism. 
Because you understand, it might be because we failed at something. Or listen, it might be because we've succeeded and we're standing in our house what we thought we would and we still are disappointed. Either way, this intensity of, man, we're going to get that. And when I got the house, you know, I think if we get a bigger house. And when I got the girl, yeah, I think I need another girl. And when we got the job, I think I need a different job. Do you understand how we do this constantly in life? And we watch people do this, pursuing, and what they're truly doing is trying to fill something that this world cannot fill. And we go after pursuit, and after pursuit, I thought this would satisfy. I thought that would make a bigger difference, and sooner or later, disappointment mounts. And optimism goes out the window, and we're infected with doubt. We throw in a little learned helplessness and a dash of depression. <sighs> clock in, clock out, go home, eat supper, go to bed, get up, do it over. Ecclesiastes 2.11. They believe Song of, uh, Solomon wrote this. We're not exactly sure, but it, it goes with the thing. And Whoever it was, the, the man was popular and wealthy and had everything going for him. And so let's, let's use and say it was Solomon. If it was Solomon, you understand him. He said, I've done everything I want to do. The man was filthy rich. If he wanted another house, build me another house. If he wanted a different throne, build me a different throne. If he wanted more women, get me more women. If he wanted this bigger chariot, get me more chariot. Whatever he wanted, he filled his house with it. There was nothing he did not, he withheld from himself. Ecclesiastes 2.11, then I looked on all the works that my hand had wrought and on the labor that I had labored to do, and behold, man, was I thrilled. Was I fulfilled? Was I just satisfied? No. Behold, it was all vanity and vexation of spirit. There's no profit under the sun. If I'd have Solomon in my counseling office, I think I would have said, buddy, you're suffering from some pretty severe depression. <laughs> Why? Because nothing was happening. Nothing, he backslid. Nothing was making him happy. Nothing was, was working out for him. Once disappointment with a particular pursuit runs its course, whether you're disappointed on a job or, or a leadership role or with your wife or with a church or with a friend, there comes a moment of decision. And here's where I really want to hit you hard. There comes that time where this ain't working. There's that moment of decision that presents itself. Do I swim back to the surface and just paddle around in the waters, just the shallow waters, or do I go back to the surface and try something else and try to go deeper into what I have? The overall result, I either work myself into an exhausted frenzy, or I finally give up, go through the motions, and sedate my soul the best that I can. Because why? We are haunted 
by disappointments. And we see them and get them so often. So we become deafened to that there will ever be any hope of change. And we become so weary of the unresolved echo of those longings that are just plaguing us and we want this so bad and we don't know how to get it and so we look here and we look there and disappointment and disappointment and disappointment and so I give up. Why are you teaching like this? Because we cannot get this church to the next level if everybody's just swimming in shallow waters, just sedated and going through motions. We must have a church that is alive and full of life and full of excitement of what's around the corner and full of what Jesus wants us to do and, and, and doing and following his will for our life. We can start over with another pursuit if we want to. We can start over by doing something differently or we can just give up. None of it sounds great. Because we're tired. But man, I'm old and I've tried that before. That's your answer? This is my favorite, coming from the marriage family counseling guy. Go do marriage seminars. Well, <laughs> we've been married long enough. We don't have it together now. We'll never get it. You're settled? Been married 60 years and that's, this, you have plateaued and that's it. I'd want to get it better. Boy, I'm being honorary. Here's the point, ladies and gentlemen. We can't plateau. We can't just go through motions. What is life then? That's not what he has called us to do and be. In scuba diving, when they hit a certain depth, it's around 100 feet, they say, there's a condition called nitrogen narcosis. Never had it. Never will. Nitrogen narcosis. They said because of the water's pressure on you, the nitrogen or the, or the gases in your body disperse differently. And the best way they can describe it is it's a sensation of intoxication. And you get fuzzy thinking and delayed realities and re delayed responses. And they say narcosis, it's not harmful in and of itself. It, it's not going to hurt you. The harm comes when you make decisions when you're in that state. Oh, I think I'll eat this fish. Okay, well, no, don't do it. You're not thinking straight. Those decisions during narcosis is what can be harmful. The symptoms aren't permanent easy. And how do you fix this blurriness and this, this, this weird intoxicated feeling? Come to shallow waters. Get out of the deep, come to shallow waters. Your body will fix itself all up and you'll be fine. There's no ongoing effects from this. It doesn't hurt you. Can I switch that? Because everything's upside down in the spiritual. You know what I'm saying? First should be last, last for you first. If you want to be the leader, you're going to be a servant. Oh, sorry. I'm, on, I'm all over the place. This is why. I've heard people say this before, you know, they want to be the man of the household, and they want to be the husband, they want to, they want to, they want to be the priest of the household, and it's biblical, and that's wonderful. Do you understand what the Scripture says about all that? Everything in the kingdom is flipped. So with me, you know what I'm going to say? 
I want to be the man of the household. I want to be the husband. I want to be the king of this household. Do you know what I'm saying in the kingdom? I want to serve until I can't serve anymore. I want to be the lowest on the totem pole and lift everybody else in that family up as high as I can get them. That's what that's saying. Oh, is that a wife clapping? Anyway, so the point is, So sometimes in the kingdom, everything is upside down. So can I flip this one too? When it comes to our longings, we don't need to be in shallow waters. Because can we, I'm stretching this, but can we say spiritual narcosis happens in shallow waters? We get a little fuzzy. We get delayed responses. We get a little feel like intoxicated, don't make the best choices. It happens at the surface. Superficial pursuits intoxicate us in the moment. That new car looks great. And then the payment comes. Oh, dear God, what did I think? That house looked wonderful until you got it. And then it's like kind of empty out here. Superficial pursuits. But ultimately, those things just leave us dazed and confused. That's not the solution. So what is the solution? The solution is to go deeper. Again, with nitrogen narcosis, the solution is to come to the surface. In spiritual narcosis, can I say that the, the, the idea is to go deeper into what God has for you. That gets you more focused. That gets you, a, that gets you a better understanding. Get more intense with what you're doing for God. I need to think more deeply and carefully about the longings beneath all of my pursuits that are not fulfilling me. Why am I pursuing this? Why did that lady marry five guys and just is living with a guy? Think about it, woman. Why are you doing that? Why have you jumped from here to here to here? What are you looking for? Why have you sold this and bought this and sold this and bought this and sold? Are you longing for something? Everybody, just be real still and think. Is there something I'm missing here? to go deeper into what God has. We've got to realize that this salvation that he offers is about going deep regarding these longings of humanity in the midst of our Mondays, in the midst of our Thursday afternoons all the time. Again, it's not some compartmentalized things. Those longings are there for a purpose. Jesus wants us to engage with him and with the gospel, not just on a Sunday at a religious service. He wants us to do it on a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday, all through Throughout our life, the gospel brings us from death to life. Well, yeah, because, man, the music gets going. We're really alive in here. It brings us from death to life on a Monday, on a Tuesday, unless you want to compartmentalize, and this is where we're Christians, and we're not Christians anywhere else. My Bible said old things are passed away. Everything 
becomes new. That didn't sound like church stuff to me. That sounds like everything in my life is different once I have his salvation in my heart. So I'm going to say this superficial engagement with our longings, it kind of leads us to a superficial engagement with God. Because we're trying to fill longings with things that will never work. Again, it leaves us disappointed. Leaves us dazed, confused, making more wrong choices. Hear me out. Grappling with my longings. Figuring out what I truly want is absolutely vital to my walk with God. When we live at the surface of our longings, we live just a superficial life. Why do you think you have those deep longings? They are to draw us closer to the purpose God has made and to draw us closer to Him. So if I determine to go deeper with my longings, but I just pair that with some superficial version of the gospel or some shallow way of being saved or some shallow way of living this Christian life or just being Christian in name only, I'm not going to do myself any good because I'm still going to be chasing after the wind. I'm going to find that living for Jesus is really a good thing and really a big, big deal when I couple that with true longings that I have inside of me. And I realize he has placed them there. So how do I, de- how do I go deeper with my longings? First, I've got to recognize the difference here. That there is a difference between my pursuits and my longings. If you're pursuing something, that's fine. And don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say here. Just because you pursue something or or you want something doesn't mean that is truly meeting a longing inside of you. I want ice cream. (laughs) I hope that's not what I live for. What gets you out of bed in the morning, ice cream? It's closed, but what... What gets you here on Sunday morning, donuts? Understand, I hope you understand what I'm saying. That's not truly your longing. You may pursue something. It's possible to be longing for one thing, but unknowingly pursuing something completely different. You'll you'll then find your pursuits don't fit with those longings. Again, I, I hope... I don't know how to, it's in my head and it sometimes doesn't get out my mouth very good because we've got to understand the difference here and what true longings are. Again, this fleshes itself out in all different areas of our life. I, again, I think I'm longing for marriage when I'm really longing for something different, say, say, being, say in significance. But I may be pursuing marriage, which again, there's nothing wrong with that, but you've got to do it for the right purpose. It's not going to fulfill everything inside of you. 
If so, I'm just going to continue to blame. Same song, second verse could be, get better, but it's going to get worse, and it just <laughs> you're in the cycle. I may be longing for someone to notice me, to recognize me as a as a human being as, that has feelings. So I I pursue the best I can possibly be in sports. Nothing wrong with sports, but if that's your entire pursuit and you're really longing for that, it doesn't matter what sports you play. It will never be enough. Longing for safety and control of my own life. So I'm going to be a bodybuilder or learn some kind of martial arts. Fine. You can be the strongest person on earth. <laughs> you're pursuing over here and you're longing is over here. So once I begin to recognize there are differences between my pursuits and my longings, I, I then begin to see the mismatch between some of my longings and the corresponding pursuits that I attach to them. I want to have control, and so I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be a boss, and I'm, I'm going to be a pastor of a church so I can control everybody. If that's the reason, well, first of all, I picked the wrong church. <laughs> Ain't no control of anybody here. But the, the point is, if that's what I... Which, which? No, but the point, I don't want to control. I hope that's never my pursuit. If that's my longing, my longing for control may be because, oh God, I've seen this happen. I can't control myself, so I control everybody. And everyone else that I can get in contact with. And it is a massive projection. Be real quiet. And listen to what God is saying. Because I need to. If the longing is control. Maybe I need to let God control me. And fill that longing in me. I were talking to the youth I'd have to ask them why do you have to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend as soon as you break up with one oh it is devastating and I'm not mocking that it may be a heartbreak but you do your best to get another one on the hook why because it has nothing to do with looking for someone to marry to spend their life with it has everything to do with maybe they don't feel secure and complete in themselves and they're longing for another person to give them significance. Oh, you can tell I counsel a lot of people, can't you? This will not work. Just trying to give you some things to think about. Jeremiah 2.13, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. And what have they done? They went on their own pursuits. They've hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can't hold water. And you wonder why you're thirsty. I'm continually building my own cisterns, adopting pursuits I mistakenly think will quench my soul's thirst, all the while avoiding the only one who can actually address it. 
we wonder why our lives get so crazy and chaotic. And because the Bible, I have used this and quote this, and I've probably quoted in the pulpit a hundred times, and I'll continue because it's a powerful verse of Scripture. A double-minded man is unstable where? Everywhere. Somebody's going to make up their mind that you're either going to live for Jesus and hear what he says and let him fix everything down inside of you or try another pursuit and get disappointed again, throw in the towel, float in the shallow pool, and never accomplish anything for Jesus. Your choice. Blaine, you need to take some happy pills. I just know the potential in everybody in this room. And if we've truly come alive to what God has given and what God wants for us, what a difference we will make in the kingdom. So when the no contest mismatch between pursuit and longing, we kind of finally get that figured out and we accept that, I can relieve everything in my life of suffocating expectations I can relieve my wife. I can relieve this church. I can relieve my friends. I can leave, relieve my parents. I can relieve everybody of trying to make me happy and content and fulfilled because I've got to figure that on my own. And that's only going to come when I get shut in with God in a secret place and let him start working deep on me. Yeah, I get it. It's easier to blame somebody else. I don't blame you. Blame me. Blame the church. Blame your spouse. That's easier. Just do it that way. When I choose to start thinking along these lines, I can then begin to unmask these unrealistic expectations I've been attaching to all of these pursuits, and I can figure out the why. This is why people, again, run here and there, there, do this, that, and the other. Let me wind up. I know it's the Holy Grail of eight. I'm being very careful because we are complex beings, and there's many answers, and we rub up against each other, and I understand there's things that affect us from all different sides, and, and, and that's, that's true. But we need to make certain we're not longing for something that a relationship or a job, or a church, or a person can't deliver. And only Jesus can. We have to look at these deeper longings, and we've got to be willing to reflect more carefully about what pursuits would begin to address those. Maybe you want to make a difference. Maybe teach Sunday school. Maybe you want to leave a legacy. Maybe write a book about your testimony. On and on, we could go all night long of thinking of things that can help us, but ultimately, before I get in all these pursuits and go deeper into things that God wants, I'm going to have to get my heart right with God. I'm going to have to hear what He says to me and get that straightened out before I can take things and go more deep into what God has promised us to do, what God has promised us and the purpose he has in our life. Then, ladies and gentlemen, you will find life everywhere and abundant life 
That's what he has promised. Stand with me if you would. Can we pray? Lord, we thank you that you have given us so many promises in your word that sometimes I feel we're, we're not looking. And Lord, we're just trying to fill things with such superficial things around us. And I, I'm thankful for the blessings, if we want to call them that way. I know every good and perfect gift cometh down from you, and I, I'm grateful for that. But Lord, I, I don't ever want to be caught in the trap that it's the bigger house that's going to work. It's the it's the next relationship that's going to work. It's the next job. It's the next leadership position that's really going to, that's really going to fulfill. Lord, it's, it's none of that until I am filled up on you. Because I know that you are the only one who can truly satisfy the longings of my heart. And then you'll give me those desires and those pursuits that will help me and propel us to the next level. Bless each one. Help us to hear your voice, Lord. And take this internally, personally, for ourselves, Jesus, and check our attitudes, our motives, our spirits, and be more like you, oh God. You have such great things in store and promise for us. We don't want to miss out on one of those, Jesus, but we know we have to be in alignment with you. Pray that you'd help each one of us. Help us to be more like you in all that we do, all that we say, every place we go. All of our actions and words, I pray that they'd be pleasing to you. Bless each one now, I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless each one of you. Have a wonderful day.